He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Do you know what? They're angels over this conference. They are angels assigned to be here. Some will be bringing the answers to your prayer, to, to, to your request. What an opportunity. What an honor. A host of heaven will descend right there in your home. That's why God, we cannot bring 40, I think is it 44 nations that are here. We cannot even bring any one of you. This is the hand of God because he wants to do something greater than me and you. This is not about church. This is about a shift in the spirit realm, a shift of his presence that is coming upon us. So I'm just preparing your heart so you can receive before the great women of God are going to speak to us. Amen and amen. Episcopal Sister Adelaide Hayward-Mills is the wife of Bishop Doug Hayward-Mills, the presiding bishop and founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, UD, OLGC, and Healing Jesus Campaigns. An attorney by profession, working full-time in the ministry of the Lord Jesus, she serves under her husband and visionary as a full-time pastor. She is the founder of Cold by His Side Ministry, an organization for pastors' wives and women in ministry. She is also the founder and pastor of Compassion Ministries, a ministry that reaches out to lost souls from all walks of life, both the affluent and the underprivileged. As an international conference speaker who holds conferences for both the young and the old, she ministers powerfully under the anointing on a plethora of topics in many countries around the world to bring encouragement to the discouraged, hope to the hopeless, and strength to the weak wherever the Spirit of God leads her. Episcopal Sister Adelaide Hayward Mills oversees the Lighthouse Christian Mission Schools and the Lighthouse Christian Children's Home. Above all, she believes her primary calling is to be the helpmate to her husband and constantly prays for grace to be in tandem with her husband's vision. Let's give an interdenominational women of faith welcome to Episcopal Sister Adelaide Hayward Mills. Hallelujah. I'm very honored and privileged to be with you at the Women of Faith Conference for this year, 2021. I thank God that in spite of the pandemic and all its limitations, we can still preach the word because of technology and we can be brought near through technology. 
I trust that our time in the presence of God will not be in vain, that we'll leave this conference having really encountered God, unlike maybe attending any secular conference. This is a spiritual conference, and I believe that at the end of it, we will all experience the presence of God. Before I say anything else, I would like us to share a word of prayer. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the privilege of being the chosen vessel to speak your word. I pray that you will anoint this vessel. I pray that you will guide this vessel. I pray that you will use this vessel. And I pray that this vessel will bring glory to you, Lord. Father, sanctify the words of my mouth and let the entrance of your word bring light and illumination to us all and take us a step higher in our walk with you. Holy Spirit, I rely totally and unreservedly on you. Use me, help me, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to also thank... Pastor Peter, and Lady Pastor Petri uh, Latina for inviting me to this Women of Faith Conference 2021. Um, I've had a growing relationship with both Pastor Peter and Sister Latina and also the Women of Faith Ministry. And I can testify that God has taken us from glory to glory from strength to strength, it has been his doing. So I want to congratulate you one more time on this meeting. Um, during COVID, and I missed, as I said, all the confusion. I thank your pastors for the love they have for you, for making a way when there seems to be no way. And as I said, God will honor his word. So I salute them for the work they are doing, and I pray that the Lord will strengthen their hands as shepherds and that you would also appreciate them. Shall we just put our hands together for them? Hallelujah. Okay, I'm told that your topic is the presence of God. That's a, quite a huge topic. But I pray that somehow God will speak to us. God will direct us, and God will lead us by his Holy Spirit, the presence of God. Now, I just want to read a verse from Ezekiel 48, verse 35. It says, it was round about 18,000 measures. They were measuring something, the city of God. And the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there, which means Jehovah Shama. Now, this was a city that God himself was building, and he was given different instructions and different dimensions. And then he says that there's one thing also that will be characteristic of this city. The name shall be, the Lord is there, which being interpreted is Jehovah Shama. So Jehovah Shammah denotes the presence of God. Now, Jehovah Shammah is the God whose presence can be felt. 
It means the Lord is there. It means the Lord is present. It is possible for us to grow in the faith and experience God in a real way. Maybe sometimes people think God is abstract. Sometimes people feel God's presence cannot be felt like how you feel the presence of maybe certain human beings. Like when a president walks into a room, you feel his presence. But with God, we feel, well, we are worshiping this unseen being and we cannot feel his presence. But beloved, the presence of God is real. And many experiences in scripture of people who worked with God denotes Jehovah Shammah. So God's presence is something that can be felt. It is something that can be experienced. And that is also the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, um, Lady Reverend, why do we need this presence? We need this presence so that we can get to know God in another dimension. You know, many of us know God as Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Because sometimes when you have been hard up, maybe you've sown a seed and God seems to have answered. Sometimes you've been sick and he shows himself as Jehovah Rafi, which is the Lord Albana. Sometimes you've been a Christian for some time and you've seen that God can be your righteousness. Like God can really transform us when we meet him. He can transform our character with his presence and we can really become the righteousness of God, which is Jehovah Chitkenu, you know. So we know God even as our shepherd. Maybe um, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. That's Jehovah Raha. So you know him as Jehovah Raha. But when it comes to Jehovah Shama, it's like uh, when people come and say, I feel his presence everywhere. You say, really? I don't know what that is. But the fact that you don't sense it, does not mean it is not there. And by saying the presence of God, we want to say that it is something that is tangible and it's something that you can feel. So we can know God in so many dimensions. But this time, we are looking at God as God who is there, Jehovah Shammah. If you remember, when Jacob was traveling, fleeing from the presence of Esau, whom he had deceived and deceived his father. The Bible says he got to a place and he couldn't even get a pillow and he slept on it and suddenly the heavens were opened and there was a ladder going up from earth to heaven. And Jacob woke up and said, wow, the Lord was here. The Lord was in this place and I didn't know it. So some of us are like Jacob. God is somewhere and we don't know it. But Jacob was able to feel God's presence through the dream, the divine dream that God gave him. Whereas some of us, we may get up and not know that that dream denoted God's presence. We may just say, oh, my mind has been very busy lately. So because of that, I even saw a ladder, angels descending and ascending. But Jacob immediately knew that, wow, where I am is holy ground Angels are descending and ascending. God is here, and that's why his angels are here. He said, 
God was here and I didn't know it. But later he got to know it. He sensed it. That is the God who is known as Jehovah Shammah. And it is my duty to bring the presence of God into our lives and to make it real for us. Because God can be very present. Amen. Now, Jesus could sense the power of God. When you read Luke 5.17, it says, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And note this, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Jesus could sense the presence of God. He knew when the power of God was promised, was present. This is why his healing ministry was so successful. It is not always that the power of God is present. We can become people who know the Lord's presence. When you know the Lord's presence, you will know he is in the room. And you will know when he is not. You will know when he's standing in front of you. You will be impressed with the sensation of his awesome, dignified presence. You will know when God is there. And you will know then that God will work wonders in that atmosphere. So the Bible says in Luke 5, 17, the power of the Lord was present to heal. Many years ago, my husband and I had the privilege of traveling to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to where Brother Kenneth Hagin was. And he was ministering in a conference, Winter Bible Seminar, that we attended more than once. And on one of the occasions, I believe it was the maiden occasion, we went up to him on the stage and said, oh, please pray for us. My husband went and said, please pray for us. And he said, I can pray for you just as a prayer, but I usually like to pray for people when I sense the presence of God is there. And sometimes after a meeting, I don't sense that his presence is there. It doesn't mean that God is not with us. Because God says in the scripture, and I'll be with you always unto the end of the age. So God is with us when we are born again. But God's presence can be with us in a tangible way when we go deeper into the things of God. And that is what we call the presence of God. So when we follow the presence of God... We experience divine growth. In Hosea 14, 5 to 6, God says, I will be as the dew unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as an olive tree and his smell like the smell of Lebanon. So God is telling his people, I will come to you as the dew. Dew is invisible. Sometimes rain is not invisible, but dew, you realize that it has fallen. But when it's falling, you don't see it. So the prophetic effects of this invisible rain is that it waters our lives. The presence of God, like the dew, may not be seen with the naked eye, 
However, we can see the effects of his presence. This is why God likens his presence to dew. God says to us, he will be like the dew of Israel. That means that he's going to be the invisible growth factor to Israel. The effect of his presence is that he says, it shall cast forth his roots. So when God's presence is there, you have roots as a Christian. Amen. The dew waters you as a lily and your roots spread out. Amen. The effect of his presence is also branches. Your branches start to spread far and wide. The effect of his presence is beauty. He says, his beauty shall be as the olive tree. Our lives will even be more and more beautiful, which is the effect of his presence. And then you will also be a sweet smell because Hosea 14 verse 6 says, and his beauty shall be as the olive tree and his smell as Lebanon. We all know that it's not all smells that are favorable. We know that in our day and age, there's something we call aromatherapy because good smells give you a good mood and can lead to healing. So when God says that he'll be as the dew and he will water us, our roots will go deep, our branches shall spread, and there shall be beauty, and then also we will give off a good smell. You know, smell can also be spiritual because the Bible says, we are an aroma. We are an aroma of Christ. To some people, we smell of life. And to some people, we smell of death. To those who are perishing. So our lives are supposed to be an aroma, a smell. And that comes from the presence of God or God's presence in our lives. So we are looking at two, two things that make the presence of God needful. Why we need his presence? We need his presence so that we can feel him. We need his presence so that we can experience divine growth. That's what I shared from Hosea chapter 14. And we need his presence so that we can win all our battles. Joshua chapter 3 verse 3. And they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. God was speaking to Joshua who had just become a new army general. And God was saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, in those days, the ark represented God's presence. And so he was talking to Israel that as you are going on this journey, when you see the ark of the covenant moving with the priests and the priests and the Levites are holding it, then you have to move from your place and go after it. Beloved, is the same with us. If we need God's presence so that we can win all our battles. Following the presence of God was the master key given to Joshua the general. Victory was guaranteed 
when the Israelites followed the presence of God. In the New Testament, we have an instruction similar to the one given to Joshua. Joshua was asked to follow the ark. We have been asked to go after spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, 12, Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 31, Go after spiritual gifts. Covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. The more we seek after God's presence, the more we will have on, of him. But it says that move yourself from the place where you are. So the importance and the need for God's presence is certain battles, especially crucial ones, cannot be fought without the presence of God. So Joshua was going, but God said, the symbol is the Ark of the Covenant. As soon as you see the Levites bearing it, leave where you are. Beloved, tonight, we have to leave where we are. Some of us are stuck in what we know about God. We are stuck in a place. As I said, maybe you know him as Jehovah Jireh. Give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. And therefore, the, the topic, the presence of God is not exciting to you. But when you have the presence of God, you have all things. And God said to Joshua, you are going to battle. The other people, they have spears, bows and arrows. They have all the ammunition just like you. The difference is my presence. My presence in this Old Testament is being represented by the Ark of the Covenant. As soon as you see my presence moving, move from your place and go after it. Beloved, we have to move from our places of self-sufficiency, our places of what is familiar, our places of what we are used to, so that we can go after the presence of God. And when we are able to do that, a lot of our battles will be won. Because remember, the Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. Many years ago, I needed to go and buy furniture for our offices here at the Kodesh. And there was this furniture shop latest in town that had come. So I went with L.P. Shirley to that shop. And we went around to choose the furniture we would want and all that. And I attempted to negotiate with the man. So we did negotiate and then we said we would pay a second and final visit. So the next day or so, we were there again with our second visit. And the man said to L.P. Shirley, what work does she do? L.P. Shirley said, she's a pastor. Why? He said that when she came in the day before and even today, something also came into the place. And I can see something on top of her head. And I knew that she was a special person. I mean, this was not orchestrated by me. I didn't know when to put it in, on and when to put it off. But I believe that Jehovah Shammah was with me. And God's presence is tangible. I have had quite a number of experiences like that whether in Ghana or abroad, 
Sometimes I've walked into a place in South Africa, East London area to be precise, and the woman in the shop said to me, after I'd spoken to her, that you are a very special person. What do you do? I believe that God's presence can become so tangible that it's not even you who will testify of it, but people will just sense God's presence in you, and that will open many doors to you. So it is something worth coveting. Amen, somebody. When we follow the presence of God, number four, we go deeper. We come into his perfect will. Every one of God's patriarchs who entered the ministry experienced the presence of God in a very special way. From Jacob to Moses to the disciples. Now, when you look at Genesis 17, 1 to 4, Abraham actually experienced the presence of God when God called him. The Bible says, and when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, that is the, the, the age of the Duke of Edinburgh who has just passed away. He was 99. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Unless we move from our place and follow the ark, we could, like Abraham, 99, say, Ah, I'm past the age of, of pension. I retired from active service like the Duke did some few years ago. And therefore, I don't think God's presence will come to me. Uh, beloved, when God calls you also, he call, causes you to experience his presence. So the Bible says God appeared to Abraham and God spoke to him. God can appear to you also and God can speak to you. And the presence of God makes that whole experience supernatural. That's why at 99 you will believe the God who called you and said, go somewhere. I'm not giving you directions, but just start going. And then as you go along, I will give you directions. That's the kind of God Abraham encountered. Jacob experienced the presence of the Lord even when he was coming back from Laban, his uncle that he had worked for, and the uncle had tried to defraud him and change his wages 10 times. Some of you, if it were you, we will hear on the latest news, CNN and British and BBC, how you've been defrauded 10 times, your wages have been changed. But Jacob was walking by God's will. And when God said it was time, before he moved, he didn't just get up and move. So when they say, move from your place and go after the presence, it is according to God's timing. The Bible says when he was coming back, Genesis 32, Jacob was left alone and there, he wrestled, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he tied the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. 
And he said, that's the angel, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but, for, but Israel. For as a prince, thou hast had power with God and with men, and thou hast prevailed. There's no one God calls who does not have some form of supernatural encounter. It may not always be dramatic, but God's voice also denotes his presence. Amen? And um, you and I should be conscious of that. Moses experienced the presence of God when he was called. In Exodus 3, he was keeping the flock of his father-in-law. He led the flock to the backside of the desert and he came to the mountain of God. The mountain of God. The mountain of God. Sometimes you are walking with God, but you feel, oh, I'm just walking. I'm looking after my sheep and I'm just walking. But it was the mountain of God. And Moses hitherto did not know that. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And as we know, when God saw that he had turned his face to look at the sight, God called him out of the burning bush and said, Moses, take off your shoes, because where you are standing is holy ground. These were ordinary people. Ordinary Moses thinking, oh, I've just come to graze my sheep. Not knowing that it was God's mountain and that God was there. Beloved, when we walk with God and when he calls you, often his presence will be made manifest. Jesus began his ministry with the presence of God. These are all reasons why we need the presence of God. Luke chapter 3, the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved son, in thee I am well pleased. And Jesus himself began to be 30 years of age, being the son of Joseph, who was the son of Heli. When Jesus came to be baptized, the Holy Ghost, which is the presence of God, descended in bodily shape like a dove upon him. And then a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved son. The presence of God is something that envelops us when he calls. Some of us have been in some meetings and then you have some experience and you know that God is there. And through that conviction, God calls you. I believe that the presence of God is often needed in God's call so that you will have your own personal conviction and you will know that when it happened, God was with you. You felt his presence and he called you. So when as Moses, you now go into ministry and later you have a lot of problems, you will always remember where he called you on Mount Horeb. You will remember the burning bush you remember how he said, take off your shoes because where you are standing is holy ground because I'm here. You will remember all that and that will cause you to continue 
in God's call. The disciples, when they began their ministry on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God came and the Holy Spirit fell on them and they were all filled with the presence of God. Now we need the presence of God so that we'll have light and guidance in every stage of our lives. Do you remember the Israelites when they were journeying? The Bible says it was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God's presence did not leave them. In every battle, God's presence was with them as they were going through the wilderness, as they were going through the different tests and trials. God was with them by day in a pillar of cloud and by night in a pillar of fire because God knows that his presence is so important to his children. I pray that this conference will breed in you a hunger for God's presence, that you will see the need for God's presence, the importance for God's presence. And it will be something that, like Joshua was told, we will go after. We have the presence of God when we get born again. But I'm talking about the presence of God in a tangible way and the presence of God that can be felt. Amen. Now, what defines the presence of God? What makes me know that God is present in a place? There are three things that makes us know that God is present. One is his aura. Two is his presence. And three, the gifts that his presence brings about. Amen. The aura of a person reveals his presence. I remember when we were in university, there was this lady who had a very good sense of fashion. Her fashion sense was remarkable. I always say that when she wore a snakeskin dress, she would wear snakeskin shoes, and she would have a snakeskin bag, and she would have a snakeskin belt. Now, many times in the all-girls hall of the University of Ghana, there was a big um, walkway, broad and long, and people would be found going up and down. Sometimes they stopped there to chat. So we would stop to chat, or to be excited about something. But whenever this lady came with her snakeskin bag, her snakeskin belt, her snakeskin dress, her snakeskin shoes, and even her snakeskin hand luggage and luggage, we would be awed. So when she would pass through the lane, the main lane like that, everybody talking would stop. Not that she has clapped her hands to say, I'm here. Not that she has said, oh, notice me. But everybody, whether they were shouting, whether they were whispering, whether everybody would just stop. And then everybody would turn without any conductor. We'll all just turn. And then she would walk past. That was her aura. The aura of her fashion sense will make us all sober and silent. Not because she forced us to be like that, but her aura and her presence was something else. Anyway, 
this is just a digression. Later on, we found out that she was being sponsored by different men. So one day on a holiday, one of the men came and, and confronted her in her room. Rumor had it that her carpet was this thick, and whenever you stepped into it, your foot would go whoosh down. But on this Easter holiday, we had all, some of us had stayed on campus. A man came, and then he was telling her off. Then he slapped her on the right side. I took you to China, warm. And I took you to the States, warm. And I took you to London, warm. What do you mean by cheating on me? Then he bundled her and took her into his car. I mean, I think at that time I had not learned about assault and battery in the law of tort. But when I look back now, that was really a tort. I mean, it, it, was, it was something against the law to abuse somebody like that. But immediately, all the aura we had for her and the awe, it evaporated like evaporated milk. Do you see? But God's aura is not like that. So God also has an aura with his presence. I remember when my father-in-law died. That's my father's husband. He was a formidable man. He was big in stature and he was tall. His voice was very strong. And he was a very good-looking man. And he commanded a lot of um, respect and awe. And he had an aura. Whenever I entered his house, I felt his presence because he was a strong person. And his voice was also powerful. So when one day after his death, immediately after his death, I went back to the house I couldn't believe that such a powerful person could succumb to death. I couldn't believe that such a powerful person could even die. And I remember looking at the dining table, the head, where he used to sit. And I was thinking, wow, can such an aura disappear? How much more the aura of God Almighty? How much more the aura of Jehovah? And many times we experience him, not only in big conventions, but in your room, you see that Jehovah Shammah, as you walk with God, you will experience his aura. And that aura is also in the Bible. Amen. Now the Bible says in Revelation 22 that when we see his face, his name shall be in our foreheads. There shall be no night there. And we will not need any candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord giveth them light, and they shall reign forever. He's talking about the saints. But he says that God's presence is so shiny, so full of light, that in heaven there's no light. Oh, God is enough. This is the kind of presence we are talking about. And often we trifle with it, and we are not serious with it. But I believe that as we go on in this convention, God himself will show us his aura. The aura of God's presence transforms the new heaven and the new earth that we will have in Revelations. The aura of his presence even removes the need for his son. We actually will see his face and his throne. The, this is a real impression that God is present in the new heaven and in the new earth. Amen. We're talking about what defines the presence of God? And I'm ending soon. The second, so his aura, even human beings have aura. 
So God's aura makes certain things dispel. God's aura makes darkness dispel. His aura takes over and light becomes enough. The next thing that defines the presence of God is his voice. It's his voice. Lady Reverend, why do you say that? In Genesis chapter 3 from verse 7 to 10, it's talking about Adam and Eve. It says the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. And then they heard the voice of the Lord. They heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. When they heard his voice, they hadn't seen him. But what did they do? The Bible says, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. They hid amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said, Where art thou? And Adam said, I heard what thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. God defines his presence by his aura, but he also defines his presence by his voice. Sometimes when you hear the voice of your parents, you run because the voice denotes his presence. I remember as children, we were told by four o'clock, when you come from school at 12.30, you have lunch. After that, you sweep the dining room and clear the things and you begin to do your homework or you play, I think. And then 4 o'clock, you start to bath so that by 4.35, you have finished. But we wouldn't do that. But when we heard, you know, my mother's school was right behind our building. So when we hear the children singing, now the day is over, then we'll start to shout, I've booked the sponge. I have booked the soap. I've booked the shower. I've booked the shower door. I've booked the bath. What was it? It was the voice. The voice either of my mother or of the school children singing denoted that the presence was near and therefore we had to do our best. So my brothers who will book last, they will go in and say, I booked the door and lock the bathroom door. So when you book the door, it means that the person who booked the sponge and the soap has been rendered useless. So when my mother would come and be calling us to come near her, Oh, mommy, Irene, where are you? They will be running like Adam and Eve. What was it? The voice denoted his presence. God's voice in the garden. God's voice made Adam and Eve know that God had come in the cool of the day. And what did Adam say? We, I heard your voice. Your voice. And I hid myself. Beloved, God speaks to us. God's voice can be heard many times. But we, will we see it as the voice of God? When God is with you, you hear his voice. Hearing his voice must be our greatest desire because it is the sign of his presence in our lives. When we hear his voice speaking to us in the morning, it is a sign of his presence with us. When we hear him speaking to us in church, it is a sign of his presence in the church. When God speaks to you, even through your quiet time, it is a sign of his presence. But sometimes you are looking for only the aura. It's part of God. But his voice also denotes his presence. And lastly, 
the gifts of a person shows his presence. The Bible says in Revelation 21, 3 to 5, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. And he sat upon the throne and said, Behold, I make all things new. Write, for these words are true and faithful. Beloved, finally... The presence of God comes along with gifts and good things that God has. Because God said the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and be their God. When he comes, he's not just an extra baggage. The Bible says when God is in your life, he shall wipe away all tears. So the presence of God is what he will do when he's with you. His giftings, his manifestations denote his presence. When the tabernacle of God comes to dwell with man, he will wipe away all our tears. He will deliver us from death. He will deliver us from pain. And these things will show us that truly God is with us. I pray that in this conference, you will covet the presence of God. I pray that in this conference, the aura of God will come and you will know it. You will sense it because you will be deep. I pray that the voice of God will denote for you his presence. And I pray that as God comes to make his tabernacle amongst us, he will take away our tears. He will wipe away our pain. He will take away death. That's how God is. His presence is not just a presence. You know some people, their presence doesn't bring anything. I used to have some relatives whose presence brought a lot of money and goodness. And some other people, their presence just brought rebuke. And some other people, their presence brought nothing. But God's presence comes along and, and, and takes charge of our lives and makes a difference. In this conference, follow after the ark. Move from your place and go after it and see God do great things in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we pray? I just want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. Yes, you are at a conference, but it doesn't mean you are born again or you know the Lord. I want you to just say this prayer after me if you want to accept Jesus as your Savior. Make him the Lord, the captain of your life. Just bow your head and say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you as a sinner. Forgive me my sins. Take my life. Come into my life, Jesus, and be the Lord and the King of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross to save me. Thank you for rising from the dead so that I will have eternal life. And thank you by this simple prayer of faith. I've been transformed into your child. Translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Herein begins your growth in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord. We thank the Lord. Uh, 
Lady Reverend is our mother. She was there from the beginning of Women of Faith and she has said anytime she will come and be with us. Thank you, mother. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Uh, we have really been blessed by uh, associating with you. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.